Welcome into this segment. This is Eric Roberts from Worship Van Builder, and you are listening to a segment called Knowing the Road. It's about music theory, and we're also going to be talking a lot about the Nashville number system. Now, everything I talk about in this segment is in my new book called Play and Sing TV Music Theory Unlocked. You can get that on Amazon, or you can get it from worshipthekeng.com. It's very important that you understand the national number system and the basics of music theory and are able to teach that to your team. So I hope this helps. Let's listen in. Uh, key signatures. So what I want to talk about this in this section, it's really important to me. And I mean, you have to know this stuff, so you might as well just learn it. Um, but I'm going to talk about key signatures, how to identify keys, how to identify closely related keys, which helps your transitions. And then we're going to talk about the Nashville number system. I'm going to give you an introduction to it. I'm going to teach you how to do progressions in that system. And then I'm going to teach you how to make really easy ch charts. Okay. And then in the, in the blog, in the blog set, in the section on uh, worship leadership seminar.com, there is a free download for training your band on the Nashville number system. It's a whole packet that I've written that's an introduction to the number system and has charts. It shows your band how to use it. it. Shows you know, it's what I use to train people to learn the number system. But it's probably like seven or ten pages, and, and it's uh, it's free for you guys. So, numbersystemtraining.pdf, and it's 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 on my website. So how you get into the website? Um, go ahead and write this down. Now we'll just do this now. You just go to the website, worship leadership training, worship leadership seminar. You go to the very bottom left, and it says. Uh, Student login, membership login, whatever. Student login. Greg's probably doing it right now. And then you um, you click on it, and it's it's going to ask you for a password. The password, the the username is student. And not all of you are like students, but this is what I use for my other site. So student, and the password is propel me, propel me. When you get in, it's just a page. It has all these downloads on there. Okay. Student, and then propel me. I don't, I don't think so, but probably all lowercase, yeah. So you'll have some of these charts to your, and you're available. So music theory is something that you cannot master in 30 minutes, but I want, I want you to know my third book on my website of 8 Chords 100 Songs, the program that I, that I have, the third book is all theory. It's me sitting in a dark room, staring into the camera, talking to you about theory for like, uh, I don't know, two DVDs, okay? It takes the whole book is about theory and stuff. So, if you, if you kind of like what I'm talking about now and you and you feel like I don't know I'm I'm kind of lost, I'd watch those videos. I'd also watch Paul Balash's LeadWorship.com. He has a music theory video. I'd also go to the local uh, bookstore, maybe college, and say what is what is your course one music theory class and what's the book for it. Not just go to Borders. There's so many music theory books out there that just will, are, are terrible. I'd go maybe to the college and even take the course because it's really not that hard. But when you start reading books, you just open up books after books, it, to me it's confusing. Even as someone with a music degree, I kind of look at it and go, I never would have read that and thought that. Um, but something that you have to know how to do is uh, key signatures. So I've given you some cues here and key signatures. So you're gonna memorize the chart um, up here and what you wanna do is memorize the keys with sharps in the first column, okay? So like uh, C has no sharps or flats. That's pretty basic. D has, uh, G has one sharp. Okay, see that? That's where I'm going. D has two sharps. 
down the line. If you can memorize that chart right there, just up down up to C sharp, then I'll, I'll tell you a trick to memorize the right side. Just uh, believe the trick is add, add five, right? Yeah. For example, uh, the chart. They'll add up to seven. So, for example, E. You don't add anything. They just add to seven. So E has four sharps. Okay. So go across E flat has three flats. That's how that's how I memorized it. So the equal seven. So you don't have to memorize the whole chart. A lot of the stuff I do, you look at the chart and think, how am I going to memorize all that? You don't. You just memorize one part and the rest of it's in it. you add something to it. So okay, D has two sharps. Okay, that's easy. We play in D all the time. Okay, D has two sharps. Okay, so D flat has five, obviously, because it adds to seven. You guys get that? All right, so my advice to you would be circle that column over there that you have to memorize and just put that to memory. And really, you only have to memorize if you turn the page. You really only have to memorize those, because those are the keys we use. We don't use those other dumb keys. We use C, G, D, A, E, F, and B flat sometimes. Not even B flat very much. I mean, I use two keys, G and D, you know, so, you know, whatever. Eight chords, 100 songs. The whole program's written on two keys, G and D. G has one sharp, D has two sharps. There you go, you're done. You've, you've graduated. <laughs> yeah, just throw a capo on there, and you never even have to. But as a worship leader, you, you're, you're going to have to know, once you capo, then you've got to write the chart to a different key for your piano player, because they're going to be over there going, I can't even do that voice now. Um, I have no voice to do the, the little squeaky voice. It's terrible. It's a terrible situation. Yeah, I can't do a squeaky voice. <clears throat> so uh, I'm just glad I can talk today. I thought I was going to have a, I, I'm just, thank God I can talk. So here's the keys I memorized. G is one sharp, D has two, A has three, E has four, F has one flat, and B flat has two. Now, little, here's another memory note, okay, before your first test. Memorize the order of sharps. If I told you G has, uh, or D has two sharps, what are they? You know, how do you know which ones you're going to sharp? Well, I've written them out for you right there. It's F sharp and C sharp. Okay, you guys got that? How many sharps does A have? It has three sharps. What are they? F, C, G. Now, how do you know that? Like, if, if you didn't have your book with you, if you don't memorize every single one, you say E has four sharps, what are they? F, C, G, and D. Now, the order of sharps is right down there in that box. F, C, G, D, A, E, B. See that? Has anybody ever heard that? Memorize that? Just memorize that. F C G. What's it? All right, she's got her own saying there. <laughs> so if you know that order of sharps is F C G D A E B, then you know that D has two sharps and it's F and C. It's the first two, and it keeps going. If I said it has five sharps, it's F C G D A. That's how you know. See how easy it is. Let that sink in. If it has one sharp, it's F. If it has two sharps, it's F and C. Just goes down the line. If it has three sharps, it's F C G. If it has seven, nine sharps, it's F C G D A E B, and then a couple doubles or whatever. But that's it won't have that. You, keys we use have simple sharps, four sharps, F C G and D. You know that because you know the memory memorize the order of sharps. All right, so this is foundational theory, but it's important. So what about the order of flats? If I said it has two flats, what are they? 
Yeah, and if I said that it has four flats, what are they? Right, and how do you memorize the order of flats? You don't even have to. It's the order of sharps backwards, see? The order of sharps is actually the order of flats backwards. See that? Read it backwards. So I only memorized one. What do you say by fourths? B, C, D, E, F, G, A. Okay, that's a good idea. Okay, good. Thank you, Greg. So you could do um, start on F and go up in fifths. That's a good way to do it, too. The cool thing about music theory is there's all these little puzzles in theory, and everybody has their own little way to memorize and know this stuff, you know? So um, Greg's saying they're in fourths, and in fact, they are. The circle fits the circle fourths backwards. Yes, so, you know, that's the next page, even. So let's, let's pause here and just make sure everybody understands that key signatures d define the key. So the key of D has a signature. It's two sharps. The sharps are F and C, period. You guys get that? All right. So keep it soak, let it soak in. Music theory is sort of just kind of, in the beginning, it just sort of just starts to bog your mind. And then pretty soon one day, it just starts to come clear and clear. As, as, as you start looking at it at different angles, you start to just be like, OK, I got this. I can feel this. This is good. So let's turn over and look at this. The circle of fifths is one of the, you know, I personally hate the circle of fifths, and I'll tell you why. It's not that it's a circle or that it's a fifth or fourth, like you said, backwards or whatever. It's not that I don't think it's a great thing and, and it's wonderful. I was in college, under, you know, grad music theory. I was studying music theory. And in the beginning, I was a guitar player, so I didn't know anything about sharps and flats. I mean, I kind of went into college knowing about nothing. You know, I know how to play music, but I, was, I never was, uh, I didn't study piano a long time. So to me, the circle of fists was like this mystery that I couldn't figure out. So for a couple, you know, for a little while, I was just like looking at it, trying to figure it out. And everybody, all the music nerds would be like, the circle of fists, such a great thing to talk about. I'm like, every time they brought it up, I'm like, what are they talking about? What, what's the point of that thing? Look at it. It's just a... And that's why I hate it, because that's all, all it is. It's just nothing. It's just a circle. And once you memorize, it's what I just told you about in a circle. It goes up in fifths, okay? C to G, G to D, D to A. And it, and it tells you in this inner circle there. Now, every circle of fifths can look different. This is probably one that doesn't look as normal as your... But the sharps are there. See, three sharps. The key of A has three sharps, okay? That's why there's an A and there's a three in the middle there. The key of E has four sharps. Now, some people that are visual about circles might like the circle of fists because they can memorize it, but I memorize it differently. So I kind of don't like it because it, I never really used it as, as a tool. I just memorized, basically I memorized the whole thing in my head and I just recall it. Uh, and so it just seems to me to be sort of confusing. Um, but I can see that it's a tool and it's kind of visual, okay? So basically, the, the key, you see it has the key of G, and it has one sharp. Now, what does that little E mean? What is that little G, what does that little E mean? Does that look confusing, Fred? OK, what is it? Yes, that's the relative minor with added relative minors, yes. Yes, he does. Fred, you just win a new car, 1984 Pontiac Fiero. Um, OK, give me my car back, Fred. So we have relative minors, and they're listed right in there. So one sharp, G, E, and one sharp. And, and that's pretty cool. I like this. This chart's pretty all right. So I don't, I don't hate the circle of fists all that much. But um, it, I just don't like that it throws musicians for a curve, and they spend years. To, I mean, a lot of people, they just never sort of get it. And I think, why worry about it? Just memorize what it says, and then you'll get it. So 
anybody, uh, so I'm gonna move on to circle of fists. If you have questions, write it down. Um, it gets confusing when you get up with the bigger sharps and it looks to me even like whatever, but I just go back and memorize it, memorize the order of sharps and you'll be on your way to understanding key structure with, in terms of key signatures, if you just do that. If you, if you sit there and stare at the circle of fists and for too long, you'll probably just quit playing music. So I'm, I'm gonna take you through a journey in the next 15 minutes about the number system, why I use it, why you should use it. It's amazing, it's the best thing I've ever done. I'm just kidding. Well, it is, it's close to the best thing I ever did for my bands. And I'm gonna just show you a real quick version of how I use it and what it's for, what it's all about. I'm gonna encourage you to start training and teaching your musicians a number system, start using the number system in your bands, especially if you go to team models, if you have separate worship leaders singing the same, like if you're doing Mighty to Save, but one of your singers sings it in G and one of your singers sings it in D. Now, then you have to go on your computer and type out the chord chart, get the music in G, and then you have to go the next day, type it out in A and get it in A, save both the files, and somebody says, there's a wrong chord, you change on one, you gotta change it on the other. So what I do is I have one chord chart for every key, it's one chord chart, it has numbers on it. So the number system's really cool, and when you harmonize a major scale, and that's a little beyond the scope of this, so let's just skim over that part. You can read that and whatever. Every scale is based, basically, the six, uh, the six chords, or is it seven? Seven, sorry, seven chords. And then they all have a number. So let's, let's for the sake of this lesson, be in the key of C major. Uh, the one, the four, and the five are C, F, and G. I'm on page number 46, harmonizing the major scale. And then the two, three, and the six chord are minor. D minor, E minor, A minor. Every major scale is like this, and this is how it always is. So you only have a few keys to memorize, and you'll know them all. The number system on number 47 is the key to understanding the major scale and how it works. Once you understand this number system, you'll be able to transpose any song to any key and know how chords work together to create a song. Most songs, although you'd like to think that there's some genius invention, are a simple combination of three chords <laughs> and somebody singing, okay? So, one, four, five, one. It's in every song, and there it is, right there. It's one, that's what it is, C, F, G, C, or G, C, D, C. How many songs do you guys play with G, C, D, C, G, C, D, C, over and again, over and over again? That's one, four, five, one, four, five, one, one, four, five, one, G, C, D, C, or one. No, I think we, I glossed right over that. Oh, well, oh yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, good, good look, Greg. See, he's got a, he's got a cryptic mind, I think. He's, yeah, yeah, he's a music nerd. And that's cool. So we, we basically have the number, the progression is CFG. So let's do an exercise right now while we're here together. Write the chords uh, number under the chord. So like on page 47, middle of the page, we have C would be, I'm going to give you the answer. It's in the key of C. I'm going to give you the answer. It's one. Write a one. So usually in my number system, I just write a one. You can write a Roman numeral, big one, like Roman numeral, large one. Or I just, I like to use the regular numbers now because my computer doesn't have Roman numerals that I know of. So. You just put a one. Okay, D minor. I'm teaching you how to write national numbers right now. You see D minor, what chord is it, somebody? It's a two chord. So what I do is I write a two dash, a two dash. Just that's a minor. Two dash, that's a minor. Dash is minor. And I believe that's on the next page or something. 
Uh, then we got the F chord. It's a big number four. The G chord is A. Keep going. A minor would be six dash. E minor would be three dash. Write a three and a dash. F would be four. So that's pretty easy. Let's complete the following chord progressions by writing the chord names under the numbers. <coughs> so one, four, five, four. Let's write that out. One, four, five, four. So somebody tell me the progression. Yeah. Yeah, so one, four, five, four. It's pretty amazing. So one, four, five, four would be what? C, F, G, F, right? And then let's do, what's the next one? One, two, four, five. That looks pretty hard. So, so one, four, five, four would be like C, F, and then what is it, five? There's your country G, Greg, and then the four. So C. Okay, that'd be one, four, five, four. That'd be pretty simple. That's in a lot of songs. But let's go on C, uh, D, what's the two chord? D minor. So then F and G. So C, D minor, and then F. Okay, all right, so that'd be, see how the, the numbers are becoming songs? You get a song, I could sing your love forever. You guys know that song? That's one, two, four, five. Yeah, I could sing of your love forever. I could sing of your love forever. That's that song. So it's one, two, four, five the whole time. Over the mountains and the sea, to two. Oh, no, the band, That's a G, Same, the verse and the chorus are the same. C, you know, one, two, four, five, one, two, four, five, the whole time. Cash, money in, in the pocket, all right? There it is. Let's, let's talk about, it's also the key to unlocking transpositions. So, let's stick with that, one, two, four, five. Let's say, I don't like that key. And I know I sing that key in the, I know I sing it in D. So I'm going to say one, two, four, five. You just heard me sing the song. One, two, four, five, right? So you had a chord chart and it said one, two, four, five. And, and I say, I want to sing that in D. I, my voice is much better in D. It sounds much more, you know, amazing. So let's, let's do that. One, two, four, five. Somebody tell me the chord progression now. Allie? <clears throat> yeah? It's, in, it's on page number 46. I saw her going to sleep, so I had to wake her up. E minor, four, five, G and A. So now I have a simple, now my worship leader that I just brought in that's doing my secondary leading starts going, I can't sing it in the key of C. And I'm like, at practice, you know, which never happens, you know, never would happen. But if it did happen and I had my number chart, then I just say, band, let's, let's do D instead. And they say, okay. Over the mountains and the sea, your river runs with love for me. And I will open up my heart, let the healer set me free. And he says, you know what, I, I just, I just, you know, I got a cold, so even though D is my most favorite key, let's just do it in G. Can we just do it in G? And the whole band freaks out, right? Except if we have numbers, we say, yeah, okay, 
Fine. G. Yeah, same thing, one, two, four, five, right? So now I can play the song. Now, I just showed you how to transpose. It made it look kind of easy because transposition is a little bit scary. Everybody goes, transpose the song into a key. Oh, my gosh, I'm going to change the key. Every note has to this and that. When you transpose the key, the song, into numbers first, and you have this simple little chart, which I've given you everything you need. I think I gave you even more over here. So let's go over to the, you know, the next page, number system. Um, it shows it. Now, why is it the national number system is no different than the classical number system? I think that in, in Nashville, all charts are written in this number system. Now, he says, I'd say 95% of the time we use Nashville, we use number system charts. The one really good advantage is the ease of transposition. If a singer comes in and songs in F and she says, no, I want this in E flat, you'd, you'd have a problem with the regular chart. You'd have to rewrite the whole chart for just for the rehearse it. It's hard to look at the key of F when you're playing and play E-flat, or look at E-flat and play D as a musician. Now, good ones can do it. They can look at it in their mind and transpose as they're going on the fly, and, and they can do it. But it's, it's not as easy. Um, and you're, you don't want to teach that. Like, I'm going to bring a chart in the key of G, but then we're just going to play it in whatever key I say. That'd be kind of rude, because that's hard. Say, this is a G chart, but we're going to play it in D tonight. And they're looking at the G and going, that's the one. OK, what's the one in D? That's a D, OK. There's an A minor. That's the two in G. That's the A minor in B. You know, it'd just be the two in D is E minor. And they'd have to do that the whole night. They'd have to look at one. And, and so just use the numbers. Then you don't confuse them. So you're able to get bands to use these numbers without, I mean, I found it's like four feet. No way. Yeah. Once you hand them a chart and, they, and there's no chords, they'll figure it out real quick or they'll. <laughs> <laughs> So here's how you transition. You, you teach them about the, you got to teach them the theory and you got to get them excited about it. And there's a, there's a really cool resource that I gave you that, that, that's just going to blow their mind. Um, so let's, let's keep going. I'll show you. Like, um, let's move on to page 50, Mighty to Save. Now, this is a true Nashville number chart. When you go to Nashville, go to the studio, they don't write the words even. Can you imagine giving your worship band that and saying, we're getting ready to have worship service, let's play that song? I mean, that's really bad. They, they, now, I don't do that. I have like a hybrid worship national number thing. I give them the lyrics and then put the numbers above. But this is what it is, 4165. That's the intro. That's the intro of that song, right? And then it goes to the four. But everyone needs compassion. Love that's never failing. Let mercy fall on me. So, you know, they, they've got that. That's pretty cool. That's, I mean, if your band is not into lyrics, that's a cool way, but it's another chart you have to write. For me, I like to see the words. I forget words all the time in church. So if my church had like a, a big screen in the back, that'd be cool. I'd just have these charts with the numbers. And it's just showing you that you play that 4165, 4165, and, and that's what all the Nashville guys use. So what I use for hymns, this is really cool. If you, if you know you want to sing a hymn, but hymns are terrible to play on guitar. They're terrible. So you, you take this hymn. It's in B-flat, Rock of Ages. And your pastor's like, I want you to play the hymn Rock of Ages. Well, all you have to do is pull out the old hymnal, slap it, slap it on the copy machine right there, you know, and then take this, put the natural numbers over just the chords you want to play. So one in G. 
And I go like, Rock of Ages, cleft for, for me. Let me hide myself in thee. So I'm just playing one, five, one. It's pretty easy. Now, if he would have put this chart in front of me and said, here, play this, and I would have to play E flat. Let's see, B flat. Rock of, whatever, I'm, gonna, I'm never going to get that. Well, I probably could get it if I practiced, but we're never going to want to do that, guys, as guitar players. So I was just showing you how I use the number system to quickly transpose a hymn to like a really easy chart. Then you can say, I just throw the numbers on there with a Sharpie like in five minutes or less and go out on stage and then pick my key. And when you're doing a hymn like this, often you won't know what key is best for you. So you have the opportunity to sit, once you get the numbers, play through it a few times and go until, oh, that, that key of G is really perfect. Then I took the key of G, wrote it up on the upper left-hand corner, tells me, remember key of G for you. And then, because this was, for some reason, I must have been struggling with the melody of this song. So I actually wrote a little staff on top. I don't know what that is. Oh, one's cut off. So I was probably playing this on the piano that week, and I just didn't remember the melody. So now that the melody is transposed from E flat, when I get in front of the congregation, if I forget a melody, that's not good. So I just tabbed out the melody real quick, just the beginning melody. And I'm like, OK, rock of ages. So on the piano, I'd be playing, and I'd hit that real quick. And then I'd have them sing with me, and I'd use chords. So a lot of musicians will not like this system, especially over lyric, if they're real heavy music readers. They won't want this number system because they want all the music written out on the staff and everything perfect. But as a chordal player, it's, a, it's the best system to use. How you get your band to do it, um, go over to page 52. That, that chart's OK. Now, I used that, and I said you can copy it for your team. Feel free to make copies of it. Because what you'd want to do is give them um, a new chart of C1 and only on 53. Um, I said use the numbers. to So to practice, if you need practice, you can try to put numbers over my song, one and only. But on page 54, you can see I've already done the numbers for you. It's like an answer sheet. But you see how the numbers are there? And it look, everything else looks normal, like you'd give your band. But instead of chords, they have numbers. And you just tell them. Take this little chart on page 50, whatever, too, and give it to them with the song and say, look, here's your chart, guys. If it's a 1, it's a D. If it's a 3, it's an F. You know what I mean? Each key has a number above it there on, on page 52. Yeah, and, and the other thing you do is, for people that don't want numbers, you give them the chart with only numbers. And you say, if you don't want the numbers, no big deal. Just write the chords in. They write it out, and then they start going, oh, yeah, 1, D, 2, G. You don't, you don't tell them. You just have to tell them, it's OK, write the numbers. Just write the numbers. That's what you do. I mean, you, you don't write the numbers for them, and you don't give them the chords, for sure. What you do is, if they're really slow, you just take it Sharpie, right up to their stand, and go, OK. And at the top, write 1, D, 5, A, 6, B minor. You know, Write them up at the top and say, just go ahead and fill those in today, and just memorize, and just, just tell them. Oh, it's no big deal. You'll get it. Just memorize it. And then just go to practice. And they'll be up there going, trying to figure it out. And they'll look kind of like they don't know what they're doing. So they'll either write it in real quick and start to memorize it, or they'll just get it. Like, like a, Tommy doesn't like the numbers. He didn't like them at first, right? So most people don't. And, and so I said, well, that, that's the chart you're getting. That's it. So you write them in or don't. And then now he's like, I think by now, it's only been like four weeks, and he's already reading the numbers. And he, he, I don't even think he's writing his chords in. 
because you, you kind of teaching him to look at the number and start to, like on the base, he can tell we're one and five. And so. It's not easy, but you have to build in a sense of urgency to the team. Like this is important because when we can do this, then you'll be like a super musician. Then you can transpose on the fly. You got to build in a little bit of, I don't know what that is, the wiffy. what's in it for you and what's in it for me. What's in it for me is you only have to write one chart. What's in it for them? They're going to know the number system. They'll be able to play in any key. All right, we had a question from the audience, and they want to ask what it means when you have a five and a slash seven or one chord over the other. Yeah, this is a little bit confusing, but the five slash seven means I play the five chord, which is an A, and the bass player plays the seven, which is a, what is this, C sharp. And the follow-up question was, how do you write a G7 or a G dominant chord? Yes, like a G7 dominant seven, like a G7 chord. Right, five, little seven. You wouldn't probably slash seven now, but in the Nashville number system, you can, everything else is sort of the same. If you want to play a minor seven, you just write a five minus seven. So if you want to play a, a minor seven, you'd write a, uh, whatever, whatever key, let's say whatever, two dash seven. If you go online and type in like Google Nashville numbers, you'll see a legend and a lot of people write them differently. You know, like a major seven chord in classical theory can be just a, a triangle, like an A with a triangle. That can mean major seven. So you could use that. You could use five with a little triangle or you could use five MAJ, MAJ seven. You can just write it right off. Like any of those extensions of chords, you can just write, write it right on there. Um, so like a five seven, you just write a five, and how I do it on my computer is super scripted, so it's a little smaller and it's above. If you just write five seven right next to each other, it's kind of confusing. All right, that concludes this segment called Knowing the Road. Again, like I said in the beginning, you can get all of this information plus more in my Music Theory Unlocked ebook. It's from Play and Sing TV. You can get it on Amazon or straight from the website worshiptheking.com. Make sure that you pick up that ebook. It is a fantastic resource for you to use to train your team, train yourself, and to fully understand music theory as it applies to worship and pop music, as it applies to national numbers, as it applies to everything that I learned in college. I kind of condensed down into these very simple memory points. And if you can grasp onto those things, music theory doesn't have to feel so overwhelming. If you have any questions, always hit me at worshipthekeng.com. You can click contact and get right in touch. God bless and have a wonderful day.